Welcome to Screen Talk and the Wires Weekly Podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Executive Editor and Chief Critic, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our Editor-at-Large. And you took a little break, got a chance to rejuvenate before the craziness of the fall season, and a ton of new movies came up in, in the time you were gone for the TIFF lineup and all that good stuff that we can dig into. But first of all, did you enjoy your time off? Oh, it was great. I was running around New York and upstate New York and Maine and eating lobster and going on boat trips and, you know, having a good, altogether good time. So uh, everything's All good. All the stuff you, the, the small pleasures you can't possibly enjoy when you're running from one screen to the next. Well, the next well, it's all good. It's good to be home too. <laughs> so here we are. Exactly. It's crazy time. It's, you know, the, the, the Telluride uh, lineup is also coming into focus, although we're not allowed to necessarily say anything is official. It's it's interesting. Um, Fox Searchlight is always one of the um, big distributors. And so we've been checking out Jojo Rabbit and looking at that trailer and looking at what uh, Taika Waikiki is up to. What and, and it is so good and yet weird reactions coming out of various places at Disney, which I'm discounting because they have no say in what Fox or And because it's friggin' Disney and who knows what whatever their perspective on the movie is, is seems to be sort of slanted by what the Disney Some guy that are. somebody would yeah. talk to who doesn't have anything to do with it probably. But anyway, they're different from Disney. That's why they're, that's why they're precious to Disney. It's a totally different business than, than what Disney generally does. And, and I, I would hope that they're going to be given a good deal of leeway to, to show themselves, uh, show what they can do. Um, but anyway, they have Jojo Rabbit and they also have um, uh, the Terrence Malick uh, Hidden Life, which I saw, you and I both saw at, at Cannes. I think I liked it a lot more than, than you did. Um, well, you cried more. I appreciate I a lot about it. Is but when I looked like at the trailer, little... I cried as well. I mean, having seen it, I understood what the what the trailer captured, which is which is really the. It's a very timely anti-fascist movie about doing the right thing and not getting caught up in what everyone else thinks is the right thing. Standing up for yeah. what you believe. Yeah, I mean, you know that 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 can go a lot of different ways. I think the things that really work about Hidden Life to me are that it's it's just visually it's it's very involving and you you get a set, a real sense of the kind of psychological conundrum that this guy goes through notably both of those movies have to do with the rise of nazis and, they do and and hitler in a very interesting kind in of way in a very different way Although, one is more yeah. satiric and fantastical and the other is yeah which is more my street, I story but um, but yeah, I mean, both those movies should be interesting to look at as we get deeper into the fall. And then the third Disney film of sorts, the Fox film, which is now a Disney film, would be Ad Astra, which is only at Venice. And that looks like a really weird one, a real question mark. I agree. I'm certainly I, looking I think that could go it. any number. I know you're excited to see what, what James Gray and Brad Pitt have done, but my I just have... Uh, here's the thing. The thing about Disney and, and Fox is 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 that you can see so clearly from the decisions that are being made that they are going with the most conservative possible business plan that follows, and it makes sense. It follows from their success. It follows from the models that have already worked for them. I'm putting Fox Searchlight aside, but Big Fox 
Big Fox is running into the crosshairs of a Disney marketing team that isn't necessarily familiar with their movies and um, may not be invested in them. And these two studios have been competitive for eons. So it isn't going to be smooth sailing right away. And I worry about Ad Astra if ever. In, that, yeah. in that universe. I really do. It will well, require I mean, Astra, marketing. I mean, one has to wonder what Ad Astra in, you know, is truly in, in a studio context at all. Because you know, the future of, of studio filmmaking is not you know, singular visionary works, you know, certainly not a place where an auteur flourishes with their uncompromised vision. And, and well, James he has Gray's Brad Pitt behind that. him. That's why. Yeah. And Which, and the question There's is no is other reason why Ad Astra would exist if Brad Pitt's yeah. plan but I mean, was it, and it is, it, Right. And it is a question of just how much the Brad Pitt element carries this movie. I, I It sounds really good. I'm looking forward to it. All three of those movies actually... You know, Ford versus Fairlane is the one I think might be very good. Well, that's the one that we know seems to have the confidence of the studio behind it 100%. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a very commercial also kind of thing. Also big movie stars that they have to keep happy. Remember, they still have to keep their movie. They cannot They cannot alienate Brad Pitt or There's or, only a couple uh, movie Damon. stars left. No, they have two. They, I mean, there's only a few of them left. They're going extinct. The movie Bay. stars, you yeah. guys. Yeah, you got to keep them. You got to keep them content as long as possible. And the other Toronto stuff that that's starting to take shape is sort of on the periphery because it's not as flashy. But the documentary lineup dropped last week, and I have to say, there's a lot of stuff that looks promising outside of what we'd already seen. And that's always kind of like this open-ended question of: Is it going to be, you know, primarily the docs that we saw, say, at Sundance? that wind up really leading the charge. And while there were some good ones there, I mean, American Factory. A lot of good ones. Trailer, a lot. You know, yeah, but but I have to tell you, I mean, there's some stuff at, at the, in the tip doc lineup that, that really could shake things up, especially, and, and you'd already um, picked up on this one because you'd reported on it, you know, before anybody knew it existed really, which was the cave. Definitely, but that's that, the one. That, and it's going to open the section, and that's going to be a bit. You just know that there's going to be a lot of. Yeah, that's the one. That. That's the one that I already have in my in my doc. Uh, I'm going to go through all of the titles that you talked to, uh, doc programmer Tom pa Powers about, and I'm going to you know weigh in, figure out which ones are actually Oscar contenders. When I see them, I'll know one way or the other. But what, but they do have a disadvantage coming this late this year, and in the past. It does seem to be that a lot, out of, four out of the five, the winner ended up being Free Solo, which did debut at, at uh, the fall festivals. But, but the other four were all Sundance titles last year. So um, Sundance titles have a chance to be, you know, received at Sundance, launched, and then go out into theaters and get some buzz going by the time the fall comes around. And this year with February 9th, Oscar night being so early, um, getting a head start is a good thing for, for them, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is that um, outside of the, the other kind of major categories, the docs don't necessarily need the fall to kind of elevate them in the same way. I mean, they, there are things that can resurface. 
But, if you have you know, a theatrical I'm, hit in the fall and you're all primed to go for that, you know, and you're all set and you use a festival launch, that's what Free Solo had going for it, along with a lot of spending by Nat Geo. Um, but but you have you end up you end up with with uh, some, you know, something like uh, Magnolia's um uh, Raul Peck documentary about right, I'm sorry, you're Baldwin. Not right. Yeah. That movie got a lot of headway or the or the lower portraits well, it was a big hit. out of yeah. out of New York Film Festival. And if then Citizen that, Four, yeah. 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 But but in but those are those are actually and Amy came out uh, out of Cannes and, and did very well. I I I I have a long list of possibles. I'm very curious it's, to see how it it's plays gonna out. be competitive. There's no question it'll be competitive and you've already had films like these you know Neon's had Apollo 11 and Biggest Little Farm both of which have been successful commercially and especially Apollo 11 is impressive on the filmmaking front and I think what we were really focused on last year with Free Solo was in spite of the other kinds of contenders you know the RGB of it all it really ended up being Free Solo that wowed people not only in terms of on every level story right. but it was, yeah it was great filmmaking I think the cave what's going to be interesting to see is that you know, again, Nat Geo, this is a movie that was made in an underground hospital in Syria. The guy who made Last Men in Aleppo, you know, he captured a really impressive story there. But it sounds like this one is going to be visually really impressive. And obviously he put his life in danger to go back there after making this thing. So that's it, it, it feels like the kind of thing that could really shake up conversations. But like you say, I mean, it's it's already a very competitive field. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves and how some of the acquisition titles kind of enter into the conversation. And you have something like this, uh, this doc, the Capote Tapes, which is directed by Obama's social secretary and is about, uh, it's like interviews with people from uh, Truman Capote's social circle. And, and Tom Powers had been comparing it to I Am Not Your Negro, obviously not in terms of, you know, the way that movie spoke to the African-American community, but in terms of how it sort of recaptures the essence of a certain literary icon. And that's something that could really resonate, but it, it hasn't even been acquired yet. So well, I don't you know, see how you acquire something out. I don't see how you do it in time. I really don't. Not this year. Right. It, it's tricky. Because the it's, calendar it really is great. so, so compacted and there is already so much product. Yeah. Even if you do yeah. buy a doc out of, uh, out of TIFF, I would say if the docs that already have distribution can can launch out of there, and I'm sure there are plans in place already for that to happen, but the ones that are new and and haven't got distribution in place, marketing materials, trailers, um, yep. a plan, be, I don't see how tough. you do it. Look at what they did but, last year. They rushed Amazing Grace, right? The people who made that, who finally were able to get it out there. They didn't even have they, a real distributor they yet. didn't have a distributor, and they blew it. Because if that they had waited movie. for Neon to buy the movie and put it out and do it, and they did a great job with it, you'd now have Amazing Grace in position for this year's Oscar race. Right, and it, and it actually could have been a real contender. I agree. But I, but I do think on the acquisitions front, there's going to be a lot of people hungry for content. We don't really know what the deal is with Apple, but they hired Molly Thompson from A&E, so this will be her first festival Go I think they'll be picking me. things up for next year, or you know, I yeah. just don't think I don't think getting into the uh, Oscar race is necessarily. But also, the right. thing about Apple, I'm I'm aware that there are people there in their on their marketing team 
um, that that are working on things and and they're 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 going to uh, surface <laughs> eventually. But honestly, we don't we know some of their movies like uh, The Elephant Queen and all of that. We don't have release dates. We don't have any knowledge of of, of when and where and how these movies are going to be brought into into the world. Yeah, so, well, I'm sure they'd like to keep it that way as long as possible. <laughs> tell me <laughs> about it. This is what's so frustrating about it. We're, I mean, Netflix at least has figured out that marketing is, is and, and, and Amazon is on the case as well. There's there's always, there, they are, in fact, uh, in, in touch with, with the folks about what's going on. But uh, Apple has some catching up to do. So it's certainly possible that Netflix could be buying some movies this year. They only have one doc uh, going into TIFF which is this Bikram yoga doc. And I listened to the ESPN 30 for 30 podcast about this situation, the whole saga of Bikram yoga and how, you know, it, it changed people's lives for the good, but then also he was he sexually assaulted and, and, and raped people and was not a good person. And it, this seems to, to capture that same narrative arc as a, as a sort of must watch documentary sort of thing. And, and it, I'm sure it'll generate a lot of conversations, whether or not it's, you know, an awards contender w remains to be seen, but that that's certainly one that it will be sort of higher profile going into the festival. Well, and there then were there's some a new movies that were announced. Uh, the Seaberg movie, which I'm excited by with Kristen Stewart, and the um, Waves movie, uh, which could be yeah, very, so that's very indie. Old. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, could be very indie. You just you just killed that movie. I didn't kill it. It's just not. It, it, you know, that's a movie that has to be seen and, and right. discovered and promoted and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Made. You know, wh what do you think? We is don't know a lot about that it. movie. We don't. Yeah, we don't really know. It's an A twenty four title that hadn't we expected it to be coming out this year at some point, but it was sort of you know mysterious in a way. It's Trey Schultz who did it. Comes at night and Krisha before that but it's a bigger movie and it's not a musical despite what some reports call it before, but it seems to be a very heavily stylized film that could be very critic friendly. And so it's a real question of, is a, is this a good time of year to launch something like that? Is it going to be a, a bigger kind of a film than, you know, perhaps we realize because it'll be a surprise or something like that. We don't know, but that was, it was, it was nice to see it on there. Cause that's sort of, it's something that I think a lot of us weren't really tracking too closely in tandem with all these other kind of higher profile fall titles. And, and then the they also added um, Wasp Network, which I think was, was not expected necessarily. Olivia Ates' yeah. film, which um, is in Spanish and takes place in Cuba and has a, has a big cast. But um, I can't is, imagine. I mean, again, that's a question. I mean, we love him. And if it's a good movie, it'll pop. But it doesn't look like it can be. What, what do you think, Spain? I mean, Spain has to submit Almodovar. It's not an Oscar. It's, I, yeah. I believe that it has actually already been ruled ineligible. People have right. decided it's ineligible. So they'll probably wait to release that until next year, don't you think? It probably. I mean, it's also just an open question of just how, you know, he's a very talented filmmaker, but what is this movie exactly? And how does it, how does it work? And, you know, is it, is it, is it a movie that will play in a bigger commercial sense? Is it an art house thing? It's, it's not so really So what's going to happen at the fall festivals is that a lot of those uh, can titles that we applauded, you know, um, uh, the, it, it will be the... the, the <laughs> all, all like the Parasite movie is going to finally, we just saw the trailer. Uh, we're going to have Bong Joon-ho. We're going to have a big campaign uh, from Neon on this movie. And it's beyond 
foreign, which I think it could win. This is something that we really should dig into, I think, because the there there's obviously a lot of anticipation around this from movie people. Movie people love Bong Joon Ho. Not before the film, you know, won the Palme d'Or. Bong Joon Ho was sort of. I mean, he was widely beloved as, as a quote-unquote genre director and seen as, as one of the most important quote-unquote Korean directors. With also question, a much, much brainier approach to genre. It's not like he's right. making L- they, stupid movies. He's making smart yeah. movies. Well, and although I will say that the, the term elevated genre, you know, and these, this idea of, well, it's genre, so it's, it's something lesser. It can be very frustrating especially when you have a filmmaker like Bong Joon-ho who's so talented. And I think that what, what's kind of fascinating about the, the, what distributor Neon wants to do with this movie is to remind people just how widely beloved Bong Joon-ho is. This is, a, this is a great movie about class warfare. It's sort of a dark comedy of sorts, and it's, it's very well written. It's very well directed. So why should it be ghettoized as a quote-unquote best international film contender when it could be seen as a contender in all these other categories. After well, all, I would, like to suggest, I would like to suggest that this is going to be a very, very, um, look, look at Cold War or look at the, the Pan's Labyrinth or, or something. You can have a movie that gets cinematography or gets screenplay or gets director. Um, and I think that's possible for this movie. And I think all the people working on it are going to push really hard to get as much as they can. But the, you know, if you look at Roma too, I mean, it's 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 most likely to win foreign language or inter, or best international feature, as it's now called. So so it, there's nothing yeah, yeah. wrong with 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 that either. It's gonna if it if it wins. It beats out the the Almodovar. It beats out a lot of strong, you know. The, the, if if France submits um, this the Celine Sciamma, you know, a portrait of a, a lady on fire, we'll see. You know, which yeah, there's there's some strong contenders in there. Yeah, I I, I do think though. I mean, for any any movie that has this kind of enthusiasm behind it, and there certainly are many non English language films that come out on any given year that deserve the same kind of attention as other major Oscar contenders. It is worth this having this conversation. I applaud any company that wants to, you know, spend the money on that campaign and has the wherewithal to do so because it is valuable to to get people to think in these terms. And Amazon got Pavel Pavlikowski nominated for Best Director last year. So I don't see why Bong Joon-ho should be any different if people really do start to talk this is more, a great more movie. about this movie. This is a great movie. It's a movie that's perfectly timely. It's hilariously funny. It's extraordinarily well shot. And, and, and the look of it is extraordinary. Everything about it is amazing. I think most of the people in the Academy who are sophisticated and a lot of the craftspeople, a lot of the writers, you know, they, the, the directors, you know, we, the, we can predict which branches are going to appreciate this movie. But remember, there's the whole mainstream part of the Academy that is not necessarily on board for a Korean foreign language movie. And we'll see. I bet those nominations we just discussed occur. Um, even well, you could, um, should be, should yeah, be considered. Yeah. That, Cause the house is there's amazing. An, there's, the way that shot, there's an amazing, Flood. I mean, there's all sorts of extraordinary things that are done in this movie. This is one. Yeah, of the I can't wait to see it again. I've ever seen. I can't wait to see it again. 
Either. Well, they're going to put that in a trailer at some point. But, but so that's going to come out of all the fall festivals really strong. And, and some yeah. some of these other, you know, there'll be a, a new resurgence of interest in all these all these can titles as well as as new ones. And the other um, I do think um, that that the other one that might uh, might be a good one to think about is um, oh, I'm, I'm being so bad today. Uh, Lucy in the Sky is is one that I'm curious to say. That's the Noah Holly that has been sort of question marked and they had to do some reshoots and and it's yeah, it's a strange it's story good. with Natalie Portman. I just bet that it's too offbeat and weird, but I bet it could be good too. I mean, in terms of, is it offbeat and weird or is it just a mess? We don't, that's the kind of the open question with something like this. It's like it was it's been added kind of late. You look at the section and it isn't it's in and it's not necessarily saying, you know, this is a must-see film. Certainly the subject matter, the the astronaut who kind of lost her mind is 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 a great backstory. Visually, it looks like it could be very impressive, and it's Natalie Portman who's always worth paying well, attention to. Well, she's a crazy to. person so, in this movie. I mean, she's she, yeah. she's a woman scorned. She's angry. She's an astronaut. She's in love with another astronaut who doesn't see. Yeah, it's great material. And she takes a car ride across the country. That it is, she's so determined to get there as fast as she can that she like wears diapers to get. There. Yeah, no, this is this, this is, is a true story. <laughs> no, but this this actually happened. Uh, so, true story, yes. Yeah, so I think it's just a question of is it is it really over the top or, or does it does it click? But it's certainly I'm I'm more in terms of the space movies of the fall. I'm certain I'm more excited about um Ad Astra in that respect. But you know, we also have a lot of other stuff in Tiff that that is completely kind of under the radar. I mean, I, I won't even begin to start digging through the discovery and wavelengths and all that kind of stuff, although you know that's where I tend to get most excited. But even platform, you know, the platform section in Toronto is kind of like the next section at Sundance. It's quietly become the most interesting place for discoveries and for movies that are a little off the beaten path, aren't necessarily adhering to whatever the bigger industry narrative is. But on some level, that that's that's really where you have to look if you want to see something of a certain, you know, level of, of risk and excitement. And so there's this movie that Julie Delpy directed called My Zoe that she also stars in, and everybody knows. You well, know, she's Julie not Delpy. new. She's made a lot no, of really good movies. But this movie, but she's, this movie she's not sounds a very different. No, but but you got to listen to me on this because this movie, if you look it up, the, the description of it and and what you know the programmers have been saying about it it's it's not like two days in new york two days in paris kind of a comedy it's more of this thriller and she plays a geneticist and something happens to her kid and they're describing it as sort of like it's got like a, a surprise kind of sci-fi component to it it just sounds like she is um basically flexing a different muscle here than we've seen her do before so i'm super duper curious about I that i love one. her i think she's a great director and a great yeah. writer so think, and maybe she's you been to break out with something more more exactly. uh, you know, um, accessible to people. Well, remember, I mean, this, what is a discovery? The discovery doesn't always have to be somebody we've never heard of before. It can be discovering a site of somebody that we've never seen before, too. And, and the other movie and platform that I think it's worth taking a look at is Sound of Metal, which is a directorial debut of the guy who wrote Place Beyond the Pines. And it's got Riz Ahmed as this drummer in a heavy metal band who realizes he's going deaf. Ooh. So, it's, I mean, and he's That's just a, a really story. interesting actor. I love him. Yeah. yeah. So 
So there's so, and and those are acquisition titles. So there there will be a kind of a market component to TIFF this year that I think in tandem with these higher profile kind of uh, fall season movies that that are going to generate a lot of conversation are also going to be worth tracking because one it, it sets up potentially what the next year is going to look like, but also it it's a nice reminder that you know there some people use these festivals as a platform to kind of elevate movies in a marketing sense or get the awards campaign going. In other cases, it's like without the festival, you know, they won't, nobody will know they exist at all. And it's, and it's just a really interesting moment in film culture. It's people are sort of worried about the future of the medium and you hear about stuff that could be really great and you want to make sure people see it. And the question is what, when we see something really great at Toronto this year that doesn't have distribution, what's going to happen with it? We don't really know what the buyers are going to be looking at. I mean, is, is Fox search like going to buy a movie while it's, it's, you know, ramping up all these campaigns and trying to figure out how to work with Disney and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it, it's a real open question about the kind of deeper pockets and how they operate. It's Amazon. Well, buying. what you I mean, do at a festival like like uh, Toronto is is gauge the market. You look at it, you see how everyone behaves, and it tells you. Um, you know, are they spending money? Are you know, a lot of people got burnt out of Sundance, especially Amazon. You know, uh, we'll see how Britney runs a marathon does. But, you know, are they going to be spending again or have they ramped yeah. up their own production? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of question marks around the quote unquote traditional um, distribution entities like Searchlight and Focus um, and, and, and Sony. And, and, then, and then what's going on with the streamers? What's going on? Yeah. Is Netflix buying? Not anymore. They're making more product. So, well, that's so the we'll thing. See. It's like, Netflix and Amazon, I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but it's kind of, it's just so frustrating to think about it. Like these really, really rich entities uh, have, have inflated the market and made movies expensive. But then if they don't want to buy those movies, nobody else can afford them. And they end up in limbo in a way that, potentially in limbo in a way that, that could be really problematic in the long term. So the question is, are you know, almost a sales agent, side of things that, that really needs to be sorted out, which is, should you be asking for exorbitant fees once Netflix and Amazon pass on a movie? You know, I mean, maybe Apple will step up and start start being a big spender. But, you know, like you said, um, we just not, so far, not so far, not so far. And and the uh, and, and, and um, I think Molly Thompson is more likely to be generating a lot of uh, material in house than picking up stuff. I mean, what's left to pick up? I mean, people. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to look at what's there, and 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 the market behavior will be very revealing. So next week I'll be in Los Angeles, and we can get a chance to sit down face to face. Our final week before the festivals actually kick in, and and we can really just sort of assess what things are looking at like. I'm sure we'll have picked up some more scuttlebutt about what's working, what's not working in terms of early screenings and, and, and what people are excited to see across the industry. I also have to admit, I have not seen a movie that's opening this week that I'm very curious about called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Obviously, new Richard Linkletter movie. I know me, you've seen it. So I, I know it's not because I avoided it. It's just, you know, the screening schedules and my travel schedule and all that kind of stuff just did not agree. I Here's will what go I'll say. It. Here's what I'll say about that movie, which, which um, I found myself... Uh, liking very much as I watched it at the same time that I recognized that it was such a tweener. And what a tweener is, oh, is a you movie. You just killed another movie, a tweener? I know, a tweener. going to go to that. 
A tweener is a, a movie. Richard Linkletter tweener. A, a movie uh, that is neither fish nor fowl. It isn't commercial and it isn't uh, art house. It's one of those movies that's aiming for that kind of Weinstein Co. Fox Searchlight accessible um, family drama space. And it's based on a proven literary book. And Kate Blanchett's wonderful in it. She's actually wonderful. And I identified it with like her. It, it's not I understood what her story was. But there's a child and a husband and a next door yeah. neighbor and a tone that goes from one thing to another. And the, the final product, as it were, the final film is it, I can just I just anticipated exactly what the reviews were going to be. Well, Linkletter is the kind of filmmaker who it's like he doesn't hit it out of the park every time, but he's no, always trying. He stuff. doesn't. And so I, I, I kind of get a sense for, for of, of what this movie is, and it's unfortunate, but I, but I also I really want to see it. I mean, I've just it should be seen, been, uh, and it should be given the benefit no. of the doubt because it is an idiosyncratic movie that goes its own way, and that is what Linkletter does always goes his own way. And sometimes we're with him, and sometimes some people aren't with him. Well, I don't know how it's going to do this weekend, but I may be the only person in the theater, but I will definitely go check it well, out. Well, the and, issue uh, there is also Annapurna, right? Yeah, so how a, much a do they pay for it? What, what is, what's the budget? What's the return on that investment? What's the situation in terms of their quote-unquote bankruptcy that they may be facing? You know, what kind of marketing dollars are actually being put to this? Did they market it effectively? Did they do a good job with it? It got tainted by being pushed back? There's so many things. Five times. Yeah, it's a real open question. And I'm sure Richard Linkletter would like to just move on to the next one, which he's probably already done. So... You know, this time next year, well, maybe we'll have another movie from him. I also don't know how much Annapurna affected his final edit. You know, what, 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 how does this movie well, differ from let the me, movie let he me wanted see to it. make? Let me go see it and, and, um, and I can, I can assess it better. But, but it's actually, it's, it's a good opportunity to look at something like this next week because, um, you know, after that, we're going to have so many other things to look at. New releases are going to be one. Oh, the other movie I recommend, uh, by the way, which opens on Friday is Aquarella. Did you see that one, Eric? No, that's the trippy trippy water movie. movie. Exactly. It's shot in 96 frame per second, high frame rate, uh, incredibly clear if you can see it in New York or LA in in the few theaters that can actually play that. More of the theaters are going to be 48 frames per second and more still will be 24. But do check if you're in a a big city that has decent theaters, uh, you you can see if you can find it. in, in the way it was intended to be seen. It's pretty, it's pretty stunning. And it's also a movie that you look at if you're a filmmaker or someone who understands filmmaking and you go, how the hell did they get those shots? You know, it's, so I'll, it's I'll impressionistic. Try and... So you don't have a narrator, you don't have a story. You're, you're being hit by the images, but the images are pretty stunning. So I'll try to tra- track that one down at some point or another, but I have a feeling that it's probably going to get relegated to the uh, screeners uh, that sit in the shoebox under my the TV. Worst way to see this particular one. I know. Well, that's a challenge. That's a challenge of this business and sort of the irony. It's like, you know, we only got so much time in the world. So, but we'll see what happens. I'll see you next week and we'll dig deeper into all these. Look forward to seeing the you in town. Bye, Eric. Bye. Bye.